0: Finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We have Devin Bieza on the Fertility Finance coach. I'm super excited to have her on to talk about all things taboo. I want to let you guys know that the fertility food 30-day program is live. If you've seen me talk about it over on IG, it is finally here and it is amazing if I do say so myself. Now the 30-day reset challenge is something I have done with every single client and is a big part of the fertility formula but i really wanted to give everyone who wanted the opportunity to gain access to finding the perfect fertility diet for them if you are still struggling to find the perfect diet for you i highly recommend you go over to the website findingfertility.co backslash fertility food and check it out you're on the email list keep an eye out for a special promotion code that is going to come out later in October. And if you're not on the email list, I highly suggest you get on there. All right, without further to do, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to the Finding Fertility podcast. I am back with a Devin Beleza. She is the fertility finance coach, and she helps you make, save, and manifest money. If you were watching us, we were putting our fingers in the air, and money was magically raining down on us. And I have to tell Devin before we like start our interview, I'm actually doing a money mindset course with Sean Croxton right now, and I'm not necessarily learning anything new because when you dive deep into the subconscious mind and your mindset during infertility, you realize that nothing has to do with the physical world and it's all made up bullshit in your head. <laughs> but he's definitely putting in some challenges that we did in your five day challenge back. I want to say almost a year ago, I did that with you, you know, and it's just all about those little things, you know, putting it at the front of your mind and not like hiding the money shit way back deep in your purse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, a lot of it's repetitive stuff, but it's interesting because until you focus on it at least one time, so once in your life, you should do at least the deep dive into your original money beliefs and where they come from and how it's manifesting in your life and the patterns that you have around money, because you'll never be able to unknow that. So now that you have, you started the work, now it's easier to do the work and even take it at deeper levels. And, uh, you know, it's easier to change our thoughts, you know, patterns of behavior, all of that around money because now you're aware of it, now it's at the forefront. And so it's really, really important work and it affects everything, like you said, it's all interconnected, right? Money is energy and it's the same as everything else and to an extent a figment of our imagination, which is great news because that means we can do something about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and it's a very taboo topic, right? No. And that's why even more so after sex, right? Sex, money, and religion. It's like we were brought up not to talk about any of those. And I think when you become, when you start dealing with infertility, it's like, fuck, those are the three topics that you need to know the most about. Like, okay, I don't know how I, what's ovulation? How does that happen? What's fertility like? What's my chances? You're like, okay, I don't know anything about that. Right. I can't financially afford any of this. Fuck. Okay. How am I going to get through this? And then- if you are brought up religious and mm-hmm. dealing with infertility, all the questions start coming up. Like, why mm-hmm. would God do this to me? What's going on? Exactly. So, yeah. like
1: we no, You're so right. It. You take the three most uncomfortable topics on the planet and mix them all together. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> we're talking about everything your mom told you not to exactly spot on because infertility does affect every area of your life. And I don't think that people acknowledge the, the money, the spirituality, and the details of our sexuality and reproductive systems enough. And it's like you can sort of casually mention, oh, we're thinking about IVF and it's expensive. But you can't ask your friend, how much money do you make? Yeah. <laughs> you, I mean, think about it, your best friends, do you know how much money they make? It is not okay to ask. You could joke, you can joke around about sex, but can you say, you know, when was the last time you ovulated? Yeah. Have you, have you experienced a miscarriage? I couldn't believe the women that were in my own life that I had, that I didn't know were going through some of the things that I had been through because we just don't talk about it. it. We are told at some level and at some point it's not okay. And yet it's the very things that we need to remove the shame from and talk about the most.
0: Yeah, exactly. We really wanted to kind of get on the topic of religion on this podcast, this episode, because both Devin and I grew up in very religious homes. And for me, I must admit that I started kind of questioning religion at a very young age. I think it was like 16, 17. Things just didn't really add up, make sense to me. I just didn't, I was actually really involved in my family church and my best friend's church. So I grew up Catholic and my best friend was Christian. For most people, they'd be like, aren't they the same thing? <laughs> and for the most part, they kind of are. You know, you, you praise the same God, you have the same 10 commandments, but you worship in a very different way. Both of my churches were just doing really odd things, and not. I didn't feel like they were the most welcoming, as mm-hmm. they were teaching you to be. God wouldn't reject anyone. God washed, you know, the whore's feet, right? Like all these things. and yet they were doing the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And um, in the beginning of my infertility years, I was like pretty close to deciding that religion wasn't for me so I never necessarily dealt with the why God Mm. why me Mm -hmm. you know did you deal with that during your years
1: it was like probably almost a swing from one side of the pendulum to the other so my family uh, was Southern Baptist my grandpa was a preacher grew up with both parents who uh said that they believed in those things and maybe did not always act accordingly, but that's a conversation for another day. I was hypothetically brought up that, you know, these are the things God cares about and these are the things that matter. Staying a virgin until you were married, you know, uh, living a good Christian girl lifestyle. My parents didn't cuss growing up. You know, you weren't allowed to say even, we weren't even allowed to say butt or fart. How ridiculous. (laughs) that. Okay. Like we weren't allowed to watch certain shows because they weren't Christian. Like the Smurfs used magic and Captain Planet was for hippies. It's like real crazy to think about now. Fast forward. I, I wouldn't say I was living by any of these principles. Let's be clear. Like I partied every weekend and I smoked like a train and it was rebelling in one, in one respect. But then on the other hand, I didn't want anyone to know about it. So I also did care what they thought and that they were still proud of me and that I was, I remained the good golden child because uh, my brother was off the rails. So I went through college, got married. We mostly did what was expected of us. And then we started with our fertility journey. And in the beginning, I was looking towards the Bible and towards the things I had been taught and looking for answers and comfort. And I would just sort of be scouring pages and scriptures looking for some hope. And in the beginning, there was maybe some stories that propped me up a little bit. Uh, Within the Bible, there are stories of women, you know, well, essentially one woman giving birth like much, much later in life. Mm -hmm. But then there's also a story about like taking on, you know, other wives to have children and things that were allowed that certainly wouldn't be allowed now. So I'm like, is this story relevant? And then there's quotes in there, like, you know, children are a blessing from the Lord, a gift from God. So what does that mean? Like, I'm the only kid not getting a present? Like the Lord wants, you know, some of these celebrities that you know are not good Christian girls to have babies, but not me, or like the people, you know, that are just complete and utter dirt bags and all their children have been taken away by CPS. Like they deserve a gift from the Lord and not me. It just, things didn't make sense enough to actually give me comfort. And the more I questioned, the more came up. And the more you start reading, the more things didn't make sense for me anymore. But there also wasn't the room to question it. There was not the allowance within my family and the people I respected. And uh, you can go and ask about what's the difference between Catholicism and Southern Baptists? And you know, like that they would answer. Questioning the questions within the assumption that all of this is true, you know, literal truth, word by word truth. But when you start saying this verse and this verse contradict each other and they don't make sense, do we really believe that God wants women who aren't virgins when they're married to be stoned to death? Is it, it's in the Bible. Are we really still saying that? No, no, no. Old Testament versus new Testament. We only believe in the new Testament essentially is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean that God made a mistake that God changed and evolved from the old Testament to the new Testament? Then how do we know he hasn't been changing and evolving since then with a whole new set of rules? Like there's just these bigger questions that were not okay to ask and got shut down quickly. And so what happened was sort of what you were saying. Like you just moved to the place of this is bullshit. Like what if none of this is true? What if all of my life has been a lie? What if either God doesn't care about me, he's abandoned me, or he doesn't exist at all. And where, where does that leave you? And it can leave you in a really, really dark place.
0: And I think there's just like very little support when you're, you know, even if your faith is like, waning you know like even if your faith is like taking a hit I want to be clear I should have maybe said this at the start is like we're not against religion We're not against God we're not you know we really truly want everyone to have their own path but we were talking one day and how there is little support if you are questioning the whole religion thing during infertility because like you say everything that you're taught Everything you know that you believe, you just start, you know, questioning in yourself of like, it goes to such a negative place, right? You just feel like, well, I'm not worthy of God's love because I can't have a child because they're gifts. For me, I feel like most of us now know, even if you are religious, that the Bible isn't to be taken literally. We've yeah. all evolved. <laughs> I, well, don't say all,
1: don't say all. Don't make me introduce you to my extended family.
0: Not everyone
1: believes that, but like you just said, there, there is room and I will say, I don't want to leave you in the middle of the dark place. Like the, the room that it made for me was asking, probably for the first time in my life, what does make sense to me? What does feel true to me? I can't, to me, I cannot imagine a loving God, one who created this amazing, beautiful earth and all of these beautiful souls. Like I cannot imagine that person throwing me into the pits of hell to burn for eternity because I didn't claim to know something that was impossible to know. That doesn't sit well with me. So if I don't believe that, what, what do I believe? And what it did was it gave me the space to analyze my thoughts, analyze my beliefs, analyze what other people believed, realizing that just because this is the way I was raised doesn't mean this is the only set of beliefs on earth. There's yeah. as many religions as there are trees in the world. And that makes sense, right? If you do believe that in a greater being, God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that created how many, even just looking at my window right now, I could, there's probably a hundred different types of trees I can see right now. Why wouldn't there be 100 different types of religions? Why wouldn't you know, people look how different people look, how different animals are? It's okay that there's more than one way to do something, and it gives you the freedom and the space to find what does support you because I do think most people need support whether you call that religion, spirituality, a higher sense of self, whether you, you know, aliens in the future that come back, ancient aliens is your religion. That's cool. Like whatever you want, you're going to have to find something that you actually believe in that actually feels true to you to support you in this journey, because it can be the most difficult time in your life.
0: Yeah, exactly and just having that strength to do that during this time right because you already feel so weak and you have very little places to go to talk this out to you know mm-hmm. really get this out and have that conversation and when you're questioning your faith when you i mean it's deep rooted right like it's like a chip implanted in your head it's not something that you just wake up one day and go okay well i don't believe that anymore it is a very Lot, like years I'm talking years for me probably like a decade of me going hmm, hmm, what's it well I don't know you know and I had only a few books like this is back in like I don't know 2005 six and I, I there might be more out there now because it is something that is I think people are more accepting now. Like, like yeah. you say, there's a lot out there that I can choose from. And I don't have to believe what my parents believed. I don't have to believe what my grandparents believed. I can evolve. Just like with, I think, the whole fertility thing, we, I know, you know, we were both set up to believe, like, there's nothing that you can do. IVF's your only option. And then all of a sudden, we both get pregnant naturally. Right, You know, like we're like, and I think I'm, I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm praying, (laughs) shifting the, you know, the, the common consciousness that actually, no, there's a lot you can do for your fertility physically and mentally.
1: Yeah. I think that they're all related and we're all, we are collectively shifting in we do that, some of it's through science and better understanding. And some of that is through maybe having a better understanding of why these sort of mystical principles or, you know, Eastern medicine, like there's all of these things that have worked for millions of years, but now we understand why they do. So I think it's all coming together to support each other, but it is a challenge because it, when your parent, you, 70% of people are the religion that their parents are. Mm -hmm. is that because that they had their own religious awakening and experience that was the exact same as their parents? No, it's because it takes way too much time and effort and energy to question deeply your, your most private, personal, deeply held beliefs. And unless you have a crisis in your life, there's no need to. Usually it's just easier to go along with the status quo and what, so assume that they did the same. They believe what their parents believe, who believed what their parents believe. So how far back are we going that that's the case? And we just know so much more now. I know that you sneezing is not you trying to get a demon out of your body, right? (laughs) Like a couple hundred years ago, I might not have known that. That's what the great, 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 great grandma believed. But now we know better. I think that there's a lot of things that we now know better And we can use the knowledge we do have to support us supporting each other. You know, there's also science that backs why religious things do work, that the power of prayer, Mm -hmm. of people healing when people were prayed over them. Well, so what did my family and religion do with that information? Oh, see, this religion is correct. God is real. You have to pray in order to get better. Or is there a more of a metaphysical connection here where, you know, a focused energy and people coming together to do that in love for somebody changes their selves. Like we're coming to understand so much more and it doesn't have to be a a divisive thing where we decide how we're different. It can be what brings us together because when you do start looking at other religions and other beliefs, there's also these common threads that they all have about yeah. kindness and love and how we treat each other and about eternal acceptance about you know god being of light about you know just the beauty there's there's so many beautiful things involved in almost every major religion why don't we focus on what we have in common and assume that those things must be true because we're all having that same common experience.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes, I don't know if you felt it, is like when you got the comments, like just pray or don't worry, God will handle it. It's It was one of those kind of like slaps in the face in the sense, even if you, did, you know, do believe, did believe, don't believe. It's, it's just that like, just relax because you're sitting there going like, what do you think? I'm not praying. Like I'm praying every fucking day. Right. (laughs) Like I, how hard do I have to pray to get this child? And, you know, I, I always tell my mom, because my mom is still very, very Catholic. I said, you know, it doesn't matter if you believe that it came from God or, you know, Buddha or the universe or even yourself even if you created that magic it's magic within you and the way we get there doesn't matter and but I feel like it's the shame and like going back to the three taboos it's the shame that you don't believe or you know you're not praying hard enough it's the shame that you have issues with your sexual reproductive organs it's yeah. the shame of money mm-hmm. that you have to pay for something that people get for free all the time
1: yeah well you got to understand i think during this when other people tell you just relax when they tell you just pray there it's a couple of different things coming to play one is that they don't know what the hell to say and so they're saying what is on automatic record repeat what's been said to them right number two is they want there to be an element of control so praying is something you can do and so they're telling you you need to do something because they can't handle the thought that there might be nothing you can do Mm -hmm. that there are things in this world that are completely out of your control and that it won't matter whether you do them or not you cannot make this pregnancy stick you cannot make XYZ happen and they're so uncomfortable with that and then to also feel especially if this is coming from authority figures in your life your own parents grandparents you have to realize that when you reject their religion you they feel like you were rejecting them yeah now you're saying the way I raised you was wrong Mm -hmm. now you're saying my parents were wrong and their parents were wrong you have to consider all of the things that are tied up and so i did have this blow up with my mom one time i'll tell you about after my daughter was born where the religion thing was really irking me and i would try to bite my tongue but i'm not really great at that and my defenses were down because i had not slept for a few days oh god it was when we were in the middle of moving so i think i was pregnant and then my first daughter had the stomach flu and Uh, in the morning I was just so done and my grandparents, God bless them, had called to see how she was and she was throwing up and my mom was like, well, they said that they'll pray for her. And I was like, well, that doesn't really matter. It's called rotavirus and it'll be gone in three to five days. It's taking its natural course. And she was like, what, what do you mean? You're saying prayer doesn't work. And I'm like, have you prayed away every cold you've had? No, it stays around for a week. This is what happens. It's just science. Like, just quit telling me that. That that's like the answer to anything. And she was like, are you saying prayer doesn't cure cancer? And I'm like, what? What are we talking about right now? And my husband was over there eating his cereal, and you could see his eyes get big, and he's just like looking around the room, like, oh shit, like you know. <laughs> Usually Devin keeps her her mouth closed on these issues, but now it's really turned left. So luckily, I guess that my mom gets really worked up and then just shuts down. So she was just so upset that I had, in her mind, I had made the connection that prayer doesn't cure cancer, which means God didn't cure my grandma, which means, you know, everything she believed in was a lie. That's yeah. what this one comment did for her. That she just had to stop listening, and she's never asked me what I believe. She's never broached the the topic of religion with me, she doesn't want to know, like it is a, it is a very serious thing in our family. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about. So I understand why people are uncomfortable because they don't want to be rejected. Yeah. Like you just said, that experience of now family rejecting them. They uh, don't want to have to explain themselves or argue about points that they're not sure about. What, you know, admitting that you're not sure that you are uncertain about something that is completely normal to be uncertain about, that's impossible to know. None of us will know until we die. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to argue that. And so people take it so personally, so offensively, there's so much connected to it. It feels safer to not go there. And that's the message you often receive when you go there, Yeah, when you question it other people want to shut you down quick because they don't want you to make them question all of their most deeply held beliefs.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's so hard because it's not that you want to be right. You just want to like express your thoughts and feelings and you can't because I mean w- religion is not like we do not talk about religion with my with my mom either, but just the other day, oh we were talking about the violence that's going on and she's like it's just not right it's just not right you know all these people destroying other people's property and she's like don't worry god will come down and have his way and i was like well okay so it's okay for god to come down and be violent but people who are seeking a just cause here on earth aren't allowed to be violent I was like, "What?" I was like, that don't make no sense. <laughs> I was like,
1: but you can't, re- but it's so, it is so pointless to try. No,
0: exactly. Have uh, yeah. a
1: conversation With people who are open to it. And that is, that is what I discovered when I started questioning, when the people around me were shutting me down, not open to hearing that I was struggling. They didn't yeah. want to deal with all that. Finding a place where that was okay finding somewhere where I could have those conversations, finding people who had different points of view and it didn't threaten them that I disagreed or that I wasn't sure. Uh, For me going, it was when I was getting trained as a life coach. It was uh, at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And so it's this whole, you know, college campus of people who are doing all of these alternative healings and open to so just blew my mind with the different levels of thinking and that it transformed me. It, it literally saved me and changed me in so many ways, not just professionally, but personally. And it totally changed what kind of parent I am now. And I have to say that having that sort of dark night of the soul where All of my beliefs crumbled and who I thought I was and what I thought I knew, but having the opportunity to build back up a solid foundation built from what I believed my experiences, what makes sense to me, not my parents, grandparents, whatever, was huge. And now I can give that gift to my children that they're allowed to question and that they're uh, allowed to struggle and that we don't have to surround ourselves with people who claim to know things and you better believe them or else and yeah. I wouldn't have that would not have happened without infertility.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um what's your best advice for someone who is struggling with faith and you know whether or not they, you know, it, we're not saying go one way or the other. It's just the struggling part. Like what would you say to them?
1: I would say that at the core of it is often this questioning of Am I alone? Is there somebody here who's seeing how hard this is for me right now? How much this hurts? And is there a God somewhere that loves me? And I wanna say yes, that you are not alone and that you are loved and you are eternally supported and that I know it's really, really, really hard right now and it can be very lonely but there are lots of people who are willing to support you, that there are communities available now that are so much easier to access than even a few years ago, where you can have these conversations. Don't stay alone feeling like this isn't okay. It is okay to not know. It is okay to look other places. You are safe in doing so, and you are loved the whole time.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I would say coming back to your point of when the, like the power of prayer, the power of meditation, the power of, you know, bringing that aura back to yourself is use the practices that you know, and maybe branch off to practices that are similar and just keep those going. You know, it's like keeping those vibrations up. So, you know, instead of me praying to a God like I used to, um, you know, being a good old Catholic girl doing the rosary, <laughs> you know, it's the meditation, it's bringing that love, that light. And like you say, it's it, it's the same. It doesn't matter who you're praying to or not praying to. It's elevating your um, happiness, your wellness, sending that out to other people, being grateful, um, for what you have now, and that passion and that desire to have what you want. And I think that's one thing that religion um, and society does really well is that you're not supposed to want more than what you have. And so it's. Oh, like, I
1: see that all the time with right? the money We'd, mindset. Yeah. Don't want more, be okay with what you have. There's so many beliefs that we, and like implications that come from parents and religion, that hold us back in so many areas of our lives. Be, But like we were talking about the big about in the beginning, when you can see that, when you can analyze that, it will change your life. You can now analyze every thought, belief pattern you have and keep what works for you. Like you're saying, the connection to spirit, meditating, journaling, whatever does work for you, keep it. And what doesn't work for you, toss it.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's funny, let's just bring it, wrap it back up to some money mindset and religion is religion definitely is like, put you into like a poor money mindset, right? Oh, but religion, God. have you been to the Vatican? I've been twice to the Vatican. Thank you. <laughs> You know, you. most religions, most churches, there was a building just sold here in Hawaii uh, for $10 million that a church bought. That they are sense. some <laughs> of the richest people out there. So let's Buy not- free. Right? Like <laughs> It is um, that divide of like, why are the churches so rich? And yet mm-hmm. a lot of their- there. Blessed are the humble and the poor. Right.
1: Oh, so, that's probably a whole nother episode. there, Monica.
0: <laughs> Open that's up some probably can of A whole
1: different episode, but I am <laughs> definitely willing to talk about it because it does come up a lot in my work actually.
0: All right. Well, let our listeners know where they can find you.
1: Yes. So uh, Devin Baeza, dot com. I'm on Instagram, The Fertility Finance Coach. And the most fun is on TikTok.
0: Yeah.
1: Finance <laughs> if you want the real inappropriate stuff, go to TikTok.
0: Exactly. I'm glad you're on there. It's super fun and opening, and just, yeah, I feel like you could be yourself on there, man. Yeah, totally. Um, I hope you didn't get out to anywhere else,
1: but TikTok,
0: real me, real Monica, head on over. <laughs> And it's mid-October now. Is anything going on with you and your money mind group? So
1: I know we're recording this in August, so I keep thinking about next month, which we're focusing on manifesting money. Uh, But I also have planned coming up the ins and outs of insurance with fertility, top tax planning tips that literally save people thousands. We're going to do a month focused on money and relationships. There's some really juicy stuff coming up. So you can head on over to devinbaiza.com FMC, Fertile Money Club. That will tell you what we have done and what we have coming up. And you can also get your hands on 10 Easy and effective Ways to Fund Your Fertility, which talks about some bizarre <laughs> things I've done to make money over the years and that others I have too. <laughs>
0: nice well thank you so much for joining us and talking about this very taboo subject i hope it helps anyone out there struggling with well all three faith sex and, and money thank you so much devin